Hello and welcome back to The Loyal Sun Show. That's at The Loyal Suns on Twitter. Follow us there and follow us here for pit sports content you won't want to miss. If you love tailgating and hate those stinking, stupid, no good, dirty, rotten hoopies, this is the place for you. The Loyal Sun Show. A safe, sunshiny place for your pit athletics fix. Brought to you by Pittsburgh Sports Now. Today is August 29th, and football is back. Let's go. We made it. We made it. I can't believe we made it. This this game has been a month away for three years. It's, it's a great feeling. Watching football this weekend was a great feeling, even though... Kind of got blue balled a little bit. We had one Big Ten matchup and then a bunch of FCS versus FBS games. Little late night slate on the island, Hawaii versus Vanderbilt. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to complain about football in, in any capacity. Week zero is the Lacroix of uh, like football. Like it's it's almost as if these games and this this lineup. It's almost like there was there was football in the next room. Like it's it's just such a watered down version. It's just enough to get us by. Like I was through the roof watching uh, New Mexico State play. I was watching UConn play, and I was just fully invested in those games just because it's all we had, and it was just enough to help that Saturday go by a little bit quicker. We were talking about it on Saturday, and you said eventually they're going to figure out and make Week Zero just sick. Yeah. And it's just going to be the new week one. But I think there's a certain certain piece of week zero just being these crappy matchups with crappy games that just makes it so perfect. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it's like the, the LaCroix of football games. You have to think really hard and, like, close your eyes and your ears in order to taste, like, the strawberry flavoring. Like, you have to look really hard for the football that you can appreciate. But it is there, and you appreciate it because you had nothing before it. I liked spending my Saturday looking out for the former pit men that were in action. Mm-hmm. A.J. Davis had a touchdown against the Tar Heels. Drake May kind of looked good, but also against an FCS team that's missing a quarter of their roster. We're not going to jump to any conclusions there. He Something did, we'll, we'll need to keep tabs yeah. on, though. A.J. Davis did have six carries for 10 yards outside of that receiving touchdown, which kind of sounds a little too familiar. That's really on the nose. Joey Yellen was the backup quarterback for, for Hawaii. Was surprised he couldn't win the four-man quarterback race out there. But did get some action through 20 passes, 10 for 20 for 89 yards. I'm not going to lie. I bet on Hawaii just because it's a tradition. Every year, the first game of the year, I bet on Hawaii and just talk about how nobody pushes around Hawaii on the big island. Because it worked like three years ago, whenever Cole McDonald was their quarterback, looked at the smartest guy alive. Got your head stomped. Well, I waited until they named the quarterback, and I saw it wasn't Joey Yellen, so I bet on Hawaii. (laughs) With the points, they needed a lot more points than what they were given. I I just don't know how you could bet on uh, a organization that just last year had to have a Senate committee hearing because of how poorly they were being handled by their coach. You thought he was going to leave, you know, anything in the cabinet? Well, before the game, they talked about how this team was, like, 
one unit, one brotherhood, and they were all in it together. The camaraderie was through the roof. So I thought, now that Todd Graham's gone, they'll be fine. It's like they had an exorcism on the program whenever they... We know it takes about a decade to get over the the leaving of Todd Graham. Look, it's week zero. I wasn't thinking rationally. I just wanted all the things in my head to happen. I get it. You don't bet against Hawaii on the island in week zero. No. Unless you want to win money, but... I mean, could you imagine being a 19-year-old getting sent out to Hawaii for free? The last thing I'd be thinking about is football, but I guess uh, that program is just that bereft. Well, and Tommy Chang is the quarter, or the head coach now, so it was destiny. It will be destiny. Just wait. I, I, I have full faith in Chang uh, mm-hmm. to restore that program to some semblance of like respectability, but uh, th- this year is going to be... Uh, a tough go about things for them. Can we talk about another coach who had a tough go at it? One we're a little bit more familiar with now. Mark Whipple, old friend. I'm so, I was excited before this week, but I'm so excited to follow the, the commentary around Nebraska and specifically around Whipple in the offense this year. Well, it was kind of funny because the first drive looked like Nebraska was one of the national championship. They they marched. Yeah, they marched, and Thompson threw a strike. Uh, receiver made a very immaculate catch in the end zone, and everyone was like, well, we told you this was the best 3-9 team ever. Whipple working his magic already. <laughs> and fast forward a couple hours, and he is thrown under the bus already. Yeah, uh, the Mark Whipple era in Nebraska couldn't have started off worse. The- no, no, no. It started off perfectly. First play, screen pass. Oh my god! It's... Mm. I started. La- I just started laughing. I was watching by myself. I started laughing in the living room, and then they followed it up with the announcer saying, "Please tell me it was a draw." Next, I don't think it was a draw. Oh. There was a drop pretty shortly there after, but the announcers were saying that Whipple was calling. I forget which receiver for Nebraska, but was calling him a bigger, stronger, faster Jordan Addison. And I was like, yeah, I'm sure he's a bigger, faster, stronger version of the Bolitnikoff winner last year. And he dropped the pass two plays later. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm i going to wait a little bit before we do the whole I told you so thing. Because uh, he had one good I mean, if you're listening to this, you know he had one good year and was crowned like king play caller in by everyone outside of pittsburgh by everyone outside of pit even when he was successful pit fans were like ah we're gonna hold off on giving him a ton of credit because we also watched him call plays and construct an offense for the two years prior to the acc championship year um i think i gave him a hug after the acc championship in whatever bar we went to in in charlotte after the game that hug was very genuine don't get me wrong. I was very happy with what Mark Whipple provided us, but I I you haven't take back from that warm up race. I, I wouldn't take that back, but I remember the first two years of Mark Whipple, and I remember everyone calling for his head. So he, I will put it in the past. Not worried about this first two years here, but I'm very interested to see how that narrative changes because I've seen so many people saying, "Oh well, Pitt lost. It's Pickett, Addison, and Whipple," and I. In my head, I'm just like that. That third is not like the two others. It is pretty One weird, of these though. Things is not like, like the, the other. other. It's weird that we had our best offense, we had the best season as a team. We lost our coordinator, and we're like, yeah, okay. It's been nice doing business with you. 
Mm-hmm. Never would have thought that. It's yeah. a weird dynamic that no one outside of the program or that follows the program understands. Yeah, I. I mean, it's it's not hard to tell that that people that go on TV and talk about Pitt haven't spent a lot of time watching Pitt from thirty thousand feet away. Like, I get it. Yeah, I, I, I'd get, be excited uh, if I was Nebraska fans that didn't know anything. Yeah, else. They, for them, they're like, oh, we stole this coordinator from was one of the best offenses in the country last year. But people who've paid attention to Pitt have listened to Narduzzi talk about last year and just the general disdain that Mark Whipple and Pat Narduzzi have had for each other. It was time to move on, and it just adds another wrinkle of fun that we get to watch Nebraska games and then follow up with Cornhusker fans on Twitter each Saturday. I'm excited for it. Dylan, you you referenced the first two years where Pitt fans were calling for his head. Uh, If you took a glance at um, the Cornhusker segment of the internet on Saturday night, uh, you saw a lot of the, like they are starting early, especially their head coach Scott Frost, who uh, said that his play calling quote lacked creativity. That is right. After one game, his boss has already thrown him under the bus. I don't know how true that is because we talked about this before we started. A lot of it wasn't his fault. Thompson missed a few guys. There were some drops. There was a fumble. So they did put up a lot of yards. The funny part is that Scott Frost said, you need more creativity in this league. That's what made (laughs) me mad. He said, our staff needs to learn there needs to be more creativity to win in this league. You played Northwestern in Ireland. And made Ryan Holinsky look like, you know, junior year to a Tagovailoa. Your offense does not need to be Sean McVay to beat Northwestern. Everybody beats Northwestern. That's like the fourth or fifth thing on your to-do list going into next week is the offensive creativity. Maybe don't do the surprise onside kicks up two scores. I don't know. Maybe don't let a 3-9 and nine team milk six minutes of game clock by running the ball 12 straight plays. Just thoughts. Was there any truth behind the report that Frost was calling the run plays and Whipple was calling the pass plays? It that... didn't look like it. Okay. They showed Scott Frost – on the sideline during the offensive drives a lot and it seemed like he was kind of pacing around so i don't know where that came from or how they actually manage the run versus the pass i'm sure if it was presented to whipple he'd be like yeah sure you can deal with the run game i'll just hang out with casey thompson and our new jordan addison <laughs> yeah about that no so it looks like it's going to be another long year for uh for nebraska i don't think scott frost is going to see the end of it Good. um and if he's gone, I don't see Whipple seeing out the end of his contract. So, um, what are the chances that Mark Whipple becomes the interim head coach at some point this season? Oh, should we do seat check for Mark Whipple this year? Should we bring that back? <laughs> if he is, if he becomes the interim head coach for uh, Nebraska, we will do a weekly seat check for Mark Whipple. Oh. I don't know. I I don't think I won the the Mount Washington we did for teams we're rooting against. Um, but after after that performance on Saturday, I'm feeling really good about getting Nebraska, I think, round two. But you took UConn. They almost won. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was doing some yard work and stepped inside and saw them up 14 to nothing on Utah State. And I was like, didn't Utah State get, like, others receiving vote status in the 
preseason AP poll? How are they? You almost mushed UConn in the winning games. <laughs> yeah. How mush you are. I'm quite powerful. So week zero lacked general entertainment, but it was football. Um, in other news. Um, pit time. Yeah, pit time. Uh, I think the day after we recorded Slovis was named starter in a surprise press conference by Pat Narduzzi. Uh, the press conference was a surprise. The announcement was not. I think we were all anticipating it and all the love in the world to Nick Patty, but this this feels about right. I think the murmurings from the last few scrimmages and uh, practices of camp, word kind of leaked out that the amount of snaps kind of shifted. Everyone was like, yeah, this is like happening now. We probably saw it coming. We did see it coming, but that was like nail the coffin. We're not waiting until Wednesday. Narduzzi just pulled the plug, got it over with. Sorry, almost burped into the mic. Yeah, we might need to kill the whole beers during recording thing. No. I mean, that wasn't a serious suggestion. But gotcha. Yeah. Back to Keaton. Everyone knew it was coming. Um, was someone close to us was at a pit practice in the past couple of weeks, and they told us, yeah, Nick Patty is good. He's Nick Patty. Slovis looks like an effing pro. And that's about all I needed to hear. Yeah, I mean... And notice I didn't cuss there. I said effing. Um, apparently my dad told my grandma that I do a podcast. No idea why he would do that. My grandma doesn't like pay attention to pit football or anything with college football. Can, so, can your grandma find podcasts? There's no way, but I just wanted to put that little side note in there. Just in case my grandma listens to this. That'd be impressive if she like, downloaded yeah. an app, Spotify... If she can find it and download it, she deserves to hear her grandson swear. We, we've we had a really weird relationship with, like, censorship on this show because we couldn't nail down, like, all right, what words do we bleep and what do we not? And that is entirely my fault. Um, I don't think my parents heard me swear until I was, like, 26. So <laughs> so that was for, for me, but now we, we just sort of let it fly. Hi, Mom. Um, yeah, so... I think in a, back to the, the, the thing, you know, pit football, um, I I think in another year, Narduzzi could have, like, waited this out and given them both snaps. Like, like so... He's not doing a Jim Harbaugh. I was just going to say, uh, Jim Harbaugh announced that J.J. McCarthy and Cade McNamara are going to take turns starting the first two weeks because they have the easiest... Uh, out of conference schedule, I might I like I think I've ever seen in my entire life, uh, and that includes the years of Penn State just firing up nobodies, um, Colorado State, and then Hawaii. Yeah, and they don't even have to go to the the island for Hawaii. Oof, Hawaii yeah. on the mainland, bet against them. <laughs> That's tough, um, but yeah, I like th- there is a scenario, there is an alternate reality in which that could have happened, even just to like keep our opponents you know down the schedule guessing or you know even as like you know an olive branch to nick patty of hey you have been ride or die for this program for years and we're going to give you your chance to win this on the field but you you just can't do that opening up against two power five opponents that are significant programs i may have mentioned this on a previous episode but 
this was back whenever Chad Voidick was still with the program. I remember specifically Narduzzi said in an interview at some point that he regrets splitting time between him and Peterman because he thought Peterman was a little bit better, but it wasn't like decisive. So he let them both play and he thinks that cost them the Iowa game. He says if uh, he just let Peterman play the whole time or gave him more playing time, he thought they might've won, but they ended up losing on that like absurd 56 yard field goal instead. So I think he learned his lesson there and knew this Go out there, let one guy get into rhythm, and I hate the back and forth. Uh, I yeah. with the quarterback. Let him get. A, let one of them get a rhythm. If you think they're even, flip a coin. If you have to, someone has to emerge. There has to be something you like about one guy more than the other. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I I'm a firm believer that if you have two quarterbacks, you have zero quarterbacks. Right. So I'm glad. I'm glad the announcement was made. I'm I'm glad that the guy who transferred here, who we've been hyping up all offseason, was the one to win the job. I would have rooted my heart out for Nick Patty, but I might have been slightly disappointed in in the ceiling for this team if Nick yeah. Patty was the quarterback, as opposed to a guy that we've heard is a potential pro, a former freshman NFL of the year in the Pac-12, NFL guy. Yeah, so I'm I'm very pleased with the decision. We knew it was coming, and I'm all steam ahead for the K-9 unit. Ruff, ruff. <laughs> Uh, but before we move on to what I'm sure is going to be a very contentious Mount Washington, uh, quick shout out to Desmond Howard for the most unhinged college football playoff uh, prediction I've ever seen. Um, it includes Pitt, which is the only reason we're talking about it. Um, and it's sweet that a very prominent college football analyst has Pitt in his uh, playoff. Uh, but it'd be so much cooler if the other three teams were like the usual suspects. Yeah, if he would have put in Ohio State, Bama, Georgia, Georgia, and Pitt. But that would have been pretty cool. My takeaway from it was that Pitt is that one of those teams that an analyst can throw out as a dark horse and still be taken somewhat seriously. But A&M, Baylor, and Michigan as the other three, I was like, yeah, if, if any other team was in that fourth spot, we would have been sending that screenshot to each other like, okay, Desmond Howard is being a jackass. Sorry, well, I talked to people who aren't Pitt fans, and they still agreed that Pitt was probably the third most outrageous pick out of all of that. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to get too analytical about the other ones, but uh, that just shows where we're at and how outrageous that was. Yeah, A and M is going to do typical A and M things where they're ranked preseason top ten because they have all of the four and the five stars in the world and a hundred million dollar coach. And, you know, all these donors just pumping money into their improvement and then end up sucking. Um, Can Taylor, I tell you a stat? Yeah. Do you know how many 10-win seasons Anim has since the year 2000? I know it's less than Syracuse. It's one. Syracuse also has one. But because A&M gets those. No, they have, they have two, don't they? Who? Um, they have the... Uh... Uh, Dylan is furiously typing out. They have the um... the year with Dino Babers, the year we beat them at Heinz Field. I know that one. Was there another one? I think there was mixed one in? in the early 2000s. What about 1999? Oh, I knew it was Donovan McNabb, but I forget what year. 2001, so that's not in the last 20 years. They won 10 games in 2018. They won 10 games in 2001. So since 2000, that is... Two. Two for them and one for... A&M. Wow. 
That is, but for some reason, that is A and M. A and M gets crowned a top ten every year despite never winning anything. End rant. Either way, um, Desmond Howard is correct. Yeah, he'll be in Pittsburgh next week. This week, oh my gosh, right? <laughs> Caught off guard. Yeah, he'll be in Pittsburgh, and who knows? Maybe tomorrow, depending on your listening. So he's, if you see him, tell him thank you. He's going to need to swing by uh, the Loyal Suns tailgate. Mm-hmm. We've got a couple icy lights for him. The Backyard Brawl presents us the greatest opportunity for tailgating that this city has seen in quite some time. Since, uh, like, the Kenny Chesney concert two months ago? Quite some time. <laughs> so we thought it was only fitting to uh, discuss some of our favorite aspects of tailgating, um, specifically what is necessary in order for a tailgate to be Successful. You could call it a necessity. One might even call it a necessity. In fact, we will do exactly that. This is the Mount Washington of tailgate necessities. Before we start, can we just talk about some of our tailgates, like when we were in college? We would just show up to a parking lot with cases of beer in hand, no table, no food, and just stand there looking the, at each other. The standard issue tailgate when we were 20 years old was... 21. 21 years old was six cases of beer, a bag of Doritos, and a half-charged JBL speaker. Yep. I just saved you from, uh, you know... Retroactive underage. Yeah. Statute of limitations on that. Yeah, yeah. But Um, now we are grown men who tailgate with... Responsibly. Yeah. And legally. Legally. So we're going to talk about all the cool stuff that you need for a tailgate. So if you're preparing for a tailgate, make sure you have what's on our list. I do. It was funny last year leading up to the UMass game. We all collectively like took a look in the mirror and said, okay, let's spend, spend a couple bucks and actually tailgate. We're adults. Buy a flagpole. Buy, buy a portable grill. Have a table. Have a table. <laughs> Shit, did I just get away one of my picks? I don't know. So I'm, we we love and we genuinely do not plan the order before we have these conversations. Um, we we need to think of something good here because I think one one is a little obvious. Yeah, it's a it's a little too overwhelming of a pick to where whoever gets this one probably automatically wins the Mount Washington. It's a no brainer number one. I can't even think of like a a accurate. NFL draft comparison because like it's more of a no-brainer than Trevor Lawrence. I have an idea. Our producer Ryan's over there behind camera. Put some fingers up behind your back. Okay. I pick two. Oh, all right, Squid. All right. right. I get first pick. You guys playing that ahead of time. I wish I said I'd. Uh, then who gets uh, second and third? Ryan? Three. I guess one. All right. How does that work? <laughs> Whatever. You seven. get it. Yeah. All right. I get the first pick. You can tailgate without this, but it will be a lot less cool if you don't have it. You need beer for your tailgate. Congrats, Squid. You just won the Mount Washington. Oh, yeah, was... Icy light, perhaps. 
We need to handicap him somehow. Perhaps get some blue and gold icy light pit koozies. Oh, yeah. Or Loyal Sons, please win koozies coming soon. Oh, yeah. So yeah, we should sell those. Mm-hmm. But yeah, beer. That is such a no-brainer. Uh, that's tough. Um, luckily, in anticipation of this, I had, <laughs> a, I think, a pretty solid number two. Um, <laughs> phrasing. Sorry. I had an excellent second choice for this Mount Washington is what I meant. Um, number two is a truck. Yeah, that was number so two on my list. I'm not, I'm not a big truck guy. I, for environmental and personal reasons, I, I kind of think they're pointless outside of helping your buddies move or if you literally work a blue-collar job. Or um, to tailgate. <laughs> or to tailgate. I mean... So many accoutrements, so so many materials, a place to sit, it looks cool. That was my biggest thing. Like, yeah, you can transport all your stuff a lot easier, but just tailgating with the truck looks so much cooler. I mean, it's... It, we've, so we've, many... we've pulled in, like, the Honda Civic and the Goldbot <laughs> multiple times. It's but... not the same. Yeah. No, no, you need... You need a tailgating big wouldn't, ass pickup truck. Tailgating wouldn't exist without pickup trucks. No, no. You throw the speaker into the back. You you throw some pretty girls up on the ledge. Have them sit up there so everyone that walks by knows how cool you guys are. That's um, how it goes. We're sick. You need a truck. That's a that's a great pick. That was my number two. So I get two here on the turn. I can go a couple different directions with this. But my first pick, I'm going to keep it in order. My first pick is a speaker. Like we said in those 21-year-old us tailgates, the speaker was making it there. Whether it was charged or not, we never knew. But if you don't have a speaker, you're just a bunch of people standing around drinking beer, which isn't all that bad. A bunch of dudes standing around drinking beer in front of a truck. But a bunch of dudes standing beer in front of a truck blasting music. Standing beer. Standing beer. Standing beer. Yeah, specifically, you need like a like a block rocker. Like you you need a speaker that's going to blow the adjacent tailgates out of the water. Yeah. Okay, we can add badass speaker, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loud speaker. Your grandma's gonna be pissed about that one, but that's a great pick. Asses in the Bible. Um, <laughs> four and five. So, I don't know if I want to go with this first one. I might drop my five. Can we all agree that these can go together? Burgers and dogs? Yeah. Yeah. You don't have burgers without dogs. You don't have dogs without burgers. Right. And if, like, if you pick dogs and I picked burgers, like, we have effectively canceled each other out and even further handed this competition over to John. Right. So, I'm going burgers and dogs. I'm not going to go so generic i don't think it would qualify if i just said meat but those are the most standard like grab a couple packs of hot dogs a couple packs of burgers let's throw them on the grill and stand there with our speaker and beer yeah last year we had chick-fil-a catering for a tailgate or two we got like, a giant pizza for a tailgate or two but we always had our burgers and dogs it's all reliable yeah you need it in your back if you don't have it it's just not the same you gotta can we, can we talk about how bullshit and devious it is that hot dogs are sold in packs of, like, eight and buns are sold in, mm, like... Twelve. Packs of twelve or... 
like you, and, and it forces you to buy a couple and and do the math on like a lowest common denominator. Yeah, it's bullshit. Bullshit. I'll agree. So we're back to back to David. Um, kind of goes hand in hand with Dylan's. Um, you need one dude who is nice on the sticks. You need a grill master. Wow. You need you need a big old hoss, a big boy, who can stand in front of that truck, and will whip up, whip up some of the meanest fifty cent burgers and dogs you've ever had. I wish I could be that. I'm that guy when we have noon kickoffs. And I, You're a breakfast guy. I, I make I make a mean breakfast sandwich. Throw yeah. the eggs on too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Make sure everything's properly buttered. The bacon. Like, I'm, I'm nice mm. for that. But like, I I envy a guy who knows exactly when to flip that burger. You need one. And you need a willing grill master. Mm-hmm. There's not always the willing grill. Some people right. want to make a couple burgers and go on about their day, go socialize. When you have that that king standing there with his spatula and his apron, flipping burgers, flipping dogs, getting them ready, putting everyone in front of himself. He doesn't he eats last. Selfless. Selfless grill master. That's an underrated pick. That that is that is actually you can do tailgates maybe without a grill master, but the the level, the just monumental step you take when you have a good grill master. Bravo. We've the, been to some Steeler tailgates where there's been some controversy and some drama because, like, off to the side, people are like, you see that guy on the grill? He's flipping the burgers too much. He doesn't know what he's doing. They're dry. Absolutely not. So you need, you need someone that is... I don't want any sideline... I don't want any sideline grill analysts. No, like, no. Unless you're willing to step up and take the slip. But still, the, the grill master's got to know what he's doing. You can't just have any Joe True. Schmo on there, like, mm. put well, them so, on, so, taking them off. Two, two important caveats to throw on this. Your grill master, if he is less than 240, that is not a grill master. It's a red flag. I want a big boy. Two, um, he needs a sous chef. And by that, I mean a guy who stands next to him and compliments the job he is doing. And and, and just a companion. He shouldn't have to stand at that grill by himself all day. He should have tailgate etiquette. He should have someone on his side, a Robin to his Batman. It's It's like you, on a long car ride... You don't fall asleep if you're in the passenger right. seat. Right. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, a, a Growmaster sidekick could almost get on this list, but I'll let Squid make his picks. All right. I have a lot I like here, but I know I can get at least one of my like ultimate sleeper picks next round. So I'm going to go number two, coolers. Especially yeah. early on. I think it's a, a big one because... We said earlier we'd show up, we'd have our cases of beer, plop them on the ground. We're adults now. We need coolers. We got to keep those puppies cold, especially early in the season. Like we have the season approaching, mm-hmm. a lot of home games early in the year. 70s and 80s. In December, maybe you can get away with not having enough cooler space. You can just leave them on the, the frigid 20 degree concrete. Mm-hmm. But early in the year, those puppies will get warm. And uh, yeah. Now, th- nothing kills the tailgate quicker. And be honest i don't want to spoil any of your but ice was on mine but i mm. this cooler effectively knock out ice I, can we make a rolling i am now deleting it off of okay yeah, i will so, i will I as well i'll take cooler slash ice do because we, do we really have to give handouts to the guy who got beer one one you're a scumbag but what i what you i was a nice guy where i was going with that if it's hot out and you don't have ice in a cooler 
you're ruining the best part of the tailgate, mm-hmm. the beer. No one wants to drink piss warm beer. Nope. And, and the guy who brings the ice, it's always such a vet move because you don't have to cook anything. You don't have to spend a lot of money. You drop 15 bucks on a couple 20-pound bags of ice. And you're a hero. And you're a hero. <laughs> yep. You're a hero. You you did nothing for the preparation. Like, there is so little. You woke up hungover, stumble. What do we need? We can always use ice. Yes, stumble exactly. over 7-Eleven. Yeah, can I have three large bags? Toss them in the Uber or toss them however your mode of transportation is. Show up with the ice. Oh, Good, good call. Good call. Oh, we were screwed without you, man. I was usually that guy last year. I'd wake up. I'm like, well, I've got to hit sheets to get my beer before I go down to the tailgate. It's like, well, my sheets must as well grab two 20-pound bags of ice. Like, Pinky. we have – talk about your girlfriends. They're going to make some, like, mini hot dogs, some other taco dips maybe. Spend a lot of time on that. Ice guy, grab and go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll say – Ice's utility, ice and cooler's utility does drop off as we get closer to November, December. You know, mm-hmm. you, you can live with throwing a case on the ground when it's 30 degrees. That being said, you can't do without it when it's hot. And Pitt's schedule is very front-loaded in terms of home games. So we're going we're gonna to have a couple scorchers in there. For sure. Yeah. I don't think anyone can talk about ice, and ice this much except for us. So, Squid, next yeah. pick. Wow, don't have one in the chamber. No. I think this one I don't think it's this as is much where it gets dicey though. It's not a necessity, but it makes your tailgate like over the top, like nice. And we have one of these and it's a TV. Yeah. So that was one of mine. <laughs> so you don't need a TV to make a tailgate great. A TV does take you like next next oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So last year I'm Especially gonna... a three thirty kick, you throw on the noon slate. Yeah. You throw or, on um as I had specified in I was going to take that with my last pick, uh, one that can play the 13-9 game on a loop. Exactly. So if you stop by the gold lot, you'll see the 13-9 game being watched as many times as it takes before we go into the game and or the TV stops working. So We can get it in a solid two times from 2 p.m. to 7, I think. Yeah. But no, that's a, that's a great pick. It, you can watch really college game day on the TV. We The Clemson game last year, that was so clutch, we watched – College game on the TV while we were outside of the stadium, and they had a segment a, on Kenny Pickett. I think we watched a certain, uh, several overtime game. We did watch. What a, a great day that was! Yes, yeah. we beat we beat Clemson as a ranked team, and got to watch a little bit of uh, Penn State losing to Illinois in how many overtime? Nine. Nine. I was going to say seven. That is less. Uh, it's a great pick, Squid. Um, oh, it gets a little bit tougher here. Um, I'm going to go back to foodstuffs. Um, while the city of Pittsburgh is not technically in the Midwest, it is culturally very Midwestern. And nothing says Midwest like a couple Big ass trays of buffalo chicken dip. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Next on my list. <laughs> that is that is outside of you know your main courses, which is your burgers, dogs, breakfast sandwiches. I never want to attend a tailgate that doesn't have buffalo chicken. Never dip. once. Never. I almost just said chips with my last pick because I so I was just grab a handful of chips, but with buffalo chicken dip makes you it had superior. Said chips, that would have let us crawl back into the game. Yeah, yeah. But I opted for a literal television. 
Oh, you guys put me in a tough spot here. My last two. I really wanted to snag ice or buffalo chicken dip on the way around, but I'm going to go very practical with my first pick. I'm going to go trash bags. Mm. Often forgotten. Often forgotten. Had it, had it, didn't seem to impress with that pick. You you throw a tailgate this year that you don't have any trash bags. See what happens. No, no, no. I, I agree with the utility. I just think, you know, that's an honorable mention at best. Yeah, we'll see. Um, my last one. Squid's Squid's pick isn't possible without this. You need a generator. Yes. A, a high level a high level tailgate needs a generator. How else are you going to play the TV? You going to plug it into the cement into the parking lot? No, you're not. You need a generator to go there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of utilities to it. Phones die. Phones, speakers. There's, there's no service down there, so anytime you go on Twitter, you're killing your battery. You got those mobile tickets too. Can't have your phone dying. Um, charging the speaker. There's a lot of utility to it. I mean, if if you have, like, any sort of electrical cooking device, like, there are some people who tailgate next to us who, like, really do it up big, and they have to use a generator to power some of their cooking utensils. Must have. Great pick. Mm -hmm. Almost makes up for the first one. Trash bags are... They're they're just completely necessary. They're, They're the rock behind a tailgate. That's almost like... That's like having the pit offense this year without Jared Wayne's sure hands out uh, there. I'm not going to go that far. No, I mean, you're right, but when when the fine voter out there sees us tweet out the graphic and they just see trash bags, they aren't going to they aren't going to hear I don't, I don't I don't speak in hypotheticals. I don't make my choices based on graphics I'll on Dylan Twitter. Here. Trash bags often forgotten because they're not a sexy pick. Just but, wait until we're go puffing a dozen trash bags at the first tailgate. I think it's funny. Right. It gets to the end, and it's like, wow, we have like 60 beer cans still left, and we're trying to shove them all into like one shopping bag that was in the backseat of someone's car from like a month ago. How did I make your pick? I've had enough of it. I've had enough Ooh. of your shit. This has gotten contentious. Uh, this is a tough one, but I, I think it must be done. A pigskin. No, you need you need a football because before that lot fills up and you know before everyone like really gets buzzing, um, you and you and the boys need to run some routes before the rest of the cars get in there. Sling it around a little bit, beer in one hand, trying to make as many one hand grabs as possible. Oh, nothing like two dudes just slinging the ball about ten, fifteen yards apart. Beers in their left hand, right hand free to catch Got and to throw. throw. Just soft enough that right, you can, yeah. Do... Or you can play joe milton game where before the lots fill up and there's like eight rows of emptiness you can just have your friend go out for a route and throw it 25 yards over his head yeah it's just an elaborate game of catch but it is very funny yeah having a football always spices i'm sorry an elaborate game of fetch i was gonna say it's more like fetch. fetch good pick thank you dylan's pissed a little bit i have three that i think are staples here out of the three, this one might be like third on the list that I'd actually pick, but out of, I think it's an awesome pick, so I'm gonna take it. Smelling salts. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't even. Considered. That wasn't on my radar, but yeah, I like it. Just get a guy to buy a bunch of smelling salts on Amazon, just like a, a hundred pack. That, that guy is and, not a hero. That guy is like the 
he's just like, oh, that's the smelling salts guy. He yeah, brought a yeah. bunch of smelling salts. It's it's 9 a.m. and we're trying to get moving here. Some people went out on Friday a little, you know, probably shouldn't have gone out, but wanted to test the waters, and now they just have a smelling salt in their nose. Or you have the early morning smelling salts, and you have the last minute before we go into the game smelling salts. It's like, well, we've been tailgating for four hours. Time to go to the game. Let's get one more smelling salt into get the heart really going. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing prepares you to fight God more than a little bit of ammonia right yeah. up the nasal cavity. Just before you go into a stadium and scream at college kids. Yep, that's that's what you need. Absolutely. That was that was a wild card. I'm I'm interested to see how it plays out, but I I, I like it. Um all right. We Audible have, mentions, let's unload the clip. We have a ton. Uh I'm gonna flagpole. You don't like you don't like to have to direct song yeah we're the third row down the red tr no just look up there's a cold beer flag the loyal sons flag perhaps loyal yes. sons flag i've got water on here water's an unsung hero it's it's not always the most popular choice when the tailgate starts but about three hours in everyone's begging does anyone have a bottle of water right, right. i, I want to see halftime like, right that's a good one um a pretzel tray pretzel Yum. trays are a staple yeah pretzel trays are great um and and for food staples, pepperoni roll. I feel like every tailgate I've ever enjoyed in the city of Pittsburgh, uh, somebody's Italian aunt brought her homemade pep. The one on the one on the left is pepperoni only. The one on the right has banana peppers in it. You know, a yeah. staple. My other two that I was debating between were um, a flag, which Dylan took or mentioned already, as an honorable mention. I had a music playlist. We have a speaker, but having a dedicated music playlist is big because you don't want right. uh, the guy who's on the aux to just run out of things to play. Forgot to play something. Now you got a dead spot. Thirty mm -hmm. seconds of no music. You don't want to deal with people around. coming up to you every five seconds. Like, oh, play this next. Play this next. Like, no, we got a playlist. We're all right. It's a playlist. It's play. I can't even control it. Can't yep. change it. Not yeah. my phone. Sorry. That's a good one. A beer bong, beer funnel, or a shotski, or a shotski. Yeah. Shotski. I threw I threw koozies on here. Mm -hmm. Oh, smart. Yeah. Smart. Not it's a like, necessity, but always nice to have a koozie. Once the coolers aren't needed, the koozies come into play. Yeah. I think I think if John had just taken like general uh temperature retention devices <laughs> and just knocked out cooler koozie and ice, uh it would have been over for us, but that that's a good one. Um paper towels big I, that i feel like that's the number one thing that we have to go puff yeah everyone looking around we don't have any napkins any paper wiping stuff on your jersey just a loose t-shirt somewhere yep. okay we all messed up right here cups any cups what are we gonna do about cups honestly not really though i'm if there's you can get by without them you but can get by people cups. prefer cups if you don't have beer if you have other alcoholic beverages that you wanna field games cornhole that one where you throw the the ball with the tether between it on that like what's that one called ladder ball, ladder ball. yeah, yeah ladder maybe ball. maybe unpopular opinion i i can really do without cornhole at tailgates it just it just it takes, takes up too much room i, I agree with you completely maybe down south where you have like 25 acres of land to tailgate on you can do that but not on the north shore yeah speaking of the south and this is the last one i i have for you um gumbo I was going to say craw oil. Oh. Yeah. I, apparently that's a pretty big thing in, like, the SEC. I I always watch um, 
uh, that stale cracker dude on like TikTok and Instagram when he makes craw boils and it, it makes me really wish. I thought you were calling squid a stale cracker. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> uh, that'd be the pot calling the kettle black. Um, or <laughs> Hope you're wrong. Um, yeah, no, I always see that, that shit and I think, God, I wish I went to Florida or Georgia. So you could be worse than Pitt? What? This is true. Okay. 50% true. Um, but for tailgating, True, 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 true. Um, you guys got any more? I had sunscreen on here when, mm. when it's hot out, but I, th- I feel like a lot of people. Speaking of honkies, yeah. <laughs> I, feel like, <laughs> I feel like a lot of people. I feel There's... like a lot of people will even just pass by the sunscreen. So, but it's that's a good point. Every year for our college tenure at Pitt, the first game ever gets sunburned. Everyone's tougher than the sun. Second game needed sunscreen. The fucking sun. But after week two. It would be rainy and cold, and you would need like three layers. There was oh, there was no in between. You say tent? A tent. Those aren't allowed. I mean, oh. uh, at most tailgates, that is a good call. Those aren't allowed in the Alco lots. So I guess this wasn't specifically geared towards pit tailgating, but I think that's otherwise tent probably would have gotten the mix. But it's tailgate season. I'm so excited. Oh I'm my so god! Excited. I, I I think. This is one of our, our finest yet, and, and I'm so excited for people to listen to it and get so jacked up for Thursday. My heart I'm is racing, ready to run yeah. through a wall. It is too late on a Sunday for me to have this much adrenaline pumping. We have to work tomorrow. Yeah, I'm sure a lot's going to get done this week. <laughs> Please welcome on to the Loyal Sun Show, the host of the early morning show on 93.7 The Fan and WVU class of 2013 graduate, Adam Crowley. Adam, how you doing? I'm great, boys. How you guys doing? Uh, a little amped up, which, which leads to the first question. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the only acceptable answer, how ready are you for Thursday? Is one ever ready? It's awful, honestly. This isn't fun. It's not even – you guys are, are favored. It's not fun. None of it's fun. College football sucks. I love it. <laughs> it goes in waves. Uh, one minute we're really nervous, and then the next we're like, oh, we're going to win by like 35. Right. So it's, it's up and down. So right now, kind of in the middle. We'll see what, how the rest of the day goes. I think the one thing that both fan bases can probably agree on is when you think things are going to go great – and generally they don't. So I would understand some trepidation. I think you guys will be fine, though. Well, how do you how do you feel about your guys? I think they're going to be a lot better than they've been the last couple of years. I just don't know if the schedule is going to allow it to reflect in their win-loss total. Uh, West Virginia has a really tough schedule. They're one of two teams playing 11 Power 5 opponents, although one of those is Kansas, so I'm not sure that counts. But they also the, – the way that it sets up home and road is difficult. If West Virginia was playing Virginia Tech at home, I'd feel great about it. They're going on the road to play Virginia Tech, and I think they should win that game, but you still never know going to Lane Stadium. There are other nuances within the schedule I won't bore you guys with here, but I think they should be a much better football team. I just don't see them probably winning more than seven games. So do you think that translates into uh, Neil Brown keeping his job? Because there have have been, you know, murmurs that he might be on the hot seat coming into this season. 
I think it would take a total bottoming out for Neil Brown to lose his job. They believe in him, especially after hiring Graham Harrell. The offense has been the reason for their failure the last three years. A year one, the cupboard was bare. They actually overachieved with what Dana Holgerson left them at five and seven. Uh, the year after that, they were six and four. Easily could have been eight and two, but the offense literally figuratively dropped the ball in a couple of games. <laughs> and last year, if they had any semblance of a legitimate collegiate quarterback, a guy who left West Virginia and just transferred from Western Kentucky because he couldn't win that job, they could have won eight or nine games. The defense has been good enough. So I think that the athletic director, Shane Lyons, believes in the direction of Neil Brown. If he doesn't bottom out, they're going to keep riding this thing and see if he can put it together. So let's stick with the offense here. What are your realistic expectations of Graham Harrell and JT Daniels coming in year one? I know we've seen a lot of people overhype him, say he's like a Heisman dark horse. Uh, I feel like that's a bit of a pipe dream, but what do you think realistically uh, West Virginia can get out of him? I, up until this week, I was nervous because I hadn't heard anything. And when Will Greer transferred in from Florida, all you heard, and he was off for a year because he because of the old transfer rules, all you heard was, holy crap, this guy can spin the ball. He's unbelievable. And he hadn't heard any of that about JT Daniels for all of fall camp. This last week I've heard, okay, he's found it. He's really playing well. I think he's going to be – top four quarterback in the big 12. I think he's going to with the skill position players they have. I think he's going to have a good season. Heisman talk is ridiculous. Big 12 player of the year talk, not going to happen, but I think he'll be a good player. And I think Graham Harrell's offense is going to be easy for him. Uh, he at Georgia played a pro style offense has talked a bunch this off season about how simple the air raid is to pick up and how easy Graham Harrell's made it. So I do think he's going to have a good year, probably not a great year. Yeah, I've been kind of going back and forth. Uh, the JT Daniels thing, one part of me wants to rub it in the West Virginia fans' faces that this is his third school he's been at, but I also have acknowledged in my own head that he was once a blue-chip recruit, and Georgia wanted him for a reason. Um as an overconfident Pitt fan, because we go through those waves, but I'm at the point right now where I'm wondering why I shouldn't just hammer the Pitt minus six and a half line mm -hmm. that I'm seeing. Uh, talk me talk me back down a little bit. What, why should I, as a Pitt fan, overconfident Pitt fan, be scared right now? Because we are coming into the season riding on a pretty high wave, so, so it, it might be necessary to have this conversation. Well, I look at Pitt's win-loss total, the over-under at eight and a half, and I think – they should win more than eight and a half games. I mean, they should, they should be a nine, 10 win team this year, but at the same time, Kenny Pickett was third in Heisman voting last year. They're pretty doggone good. I mean, he's making a push to be the starting quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's okay. Uh, Jordan Addison, pretty good. Mark Whipple, I think was important to them last year. So you're losing three key components and as good as the pass rush is, and it is, and there's no talking around that as a West Virginia fan, if you block them up, you can also make big plays. Um, we saw it a handful of times last year. Kenny Pickett was bailing the team out. Jordan Addison bailing the team out against Virginia. Uh, Miami, obviously, 
with Greg Van Zant or whatever the hell his name is. Greg Van Zant was the old West Virginia baseball coach is what I just did. But you, I Tyler think, Van Dyke is what you're looking I, for. That's right. I can't believe I just did that. But the uh, <laughs> Greg friggin' Van Zant, West Virginia's old baseball coach. Anyway, I think Pitt's going to be good. It's also the first game of the season. It's also a rivalry game. I've gone back and forth whether I, I'm taking Pitt minus six and a half or not as well. I think it'll probably be a game going into the fourth quarter, especially when you consider, yeah, Pitt's strengths, the offensive line, everybody's returning, and the defensive front. No doubt about that. West Virginia is not as good as Pitt. Also, no doubt about that. But their offensive line returns everybody. And their defensive line, they believe this year they can play 9, 10, maybe 11 guys. So they view those as their strengths as well. So I think I'm leaning towards taking West Virginia plus six and a half. Um, I don't think West Virginia is going to win the game, but for all those reasons, I think it might be a little bit closer. Oh, you skipped right, right to the prediction. We're going to, we're going to save that for the end. Got yeah, right to I'm, dessert. Uh, I, I, it must be a testicle thing. I mean, I'm, I'm always a little premature. Well, hey, the loyal sons have no room to talk when it comes to weird testicle things. So we're just going to leave oh, that no. topic off. We're just going to leave that <laughs> off the table. Uh, <laughs> Smooth transition here. Tell us what it will take for West Virginia to get over that hump in the backyard brawl. What will have to go right for the Mountaineers to uh, not only cover that spread, but maybe win the game, dare I say. If they pull the upset, it means they've blocked Pitt enough for Pitt's defensive line not to wreck everything, which could definitely happen. I mean, if you're if you're thinking that Pitt's going to win and they're going to cover the six and a half, you're thinking that Pitt's defensive line is going to wreck this thing, then it could absolutely happen. But if West Virginia can block them up enough, we've seen it with Pat Narduzzi defenses, you're going to give up some big plays at times. And West Virginia is pretty high on their receiving core. Bryce Ford Wheaton, he's a monster, uh, and he's all rocked up, and his body looks better than it ever has, right? Best shape of your life, that, that whole thing. Um, Caden Prather also should be a big-time threat on the outside. Reese Smith is a guy that they have a lot of faith on in the inside. West Virginia's skill position players should be pretty good, and if they can block things up, then I do think that they could win this game. Uh, West Virginia's left tackle was a freshman All-American last year. Their center was a freshman All-American a couple of seasons ago. Um, he's an all-Big 12 player coming into the season this year. So it's not like West Virginia doesn't have guys on the offensive line. I think both those guys will be pros. If they can block it up enough to hit a couple of big plays, I think that's the recipe to win. So, you know, you, you've talked a lot about the the pass rush and, and you know, if they can block Pitt's kind of ferocious front four enough to make some big plays, West Virginia has a chance. Can you, can you quantify that? How, how many times would Pitt have to sack uh, JT Daniels that you think we are, we have now breached the threshold and, and West Virginia might not be able to win this game. I don't know if it's going to be the number of sacks so much as, it's going to be like, it's like the definition of pornography, right? You're just going to know it when you see it. You'll know. That's a, if, that's a great reference to a Supreme Court ruling that I was not expecting from this interview, but well done. Listen, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm the smartest mountaineer you will ever talk to. Uh, I, I just think you'll know, you'll know if, if, if West Virginia isn't getting any push up front and they're not able to run the ball, 
then that's going to dovetail into them not being able to pass protect. And then things are going to get messy. You'll know it won't, it won't have to be like the uh, penultimate backyard brawl that we saw what in 2010, where who was pitch quarterback at the time? He got sacked 10 times. It's not, I don't, yeah, sincere. It's not going to be like that. Um, that was I, an unbelievable game. <laughs> yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah. 21 uh, 20, I think, was the final score. Tino, Tino Sinceri caught the same bug that Jarrett Dogue is that is that last year's uh, it's Daggy, but you can call Daggy. him whatever the hell you want. He, I think they got bit by the same bug where they just like held on to the ball oh for God. dear life. Throw the ball away, Tino. Just throw yeah, the ball away. That was, and I think like four. I think four of the sacks came on the final possession. I think mean, he got sacked four times in in succession there. That feels now, that's right. the two-minute draw I've ever seen. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> the way that that game went was, given that West Virginia would go on to score 70 points in the bowl game, they put up 21 against – it's a weird season. College football's a weird sport. Sure is. Well, you were actually a student at West Virginia while the backyard brawl happened. Tell us a little bit about what the atmosphere is like, uh, if you have any crazy stories of being at games or tailgates because – uh, whenever we were in college, the brawl didn't happen because college ADs are stupid and don't schedule robberies anymore. Oh, you're right about that, uh, which is what makes this so great. I'm really happy that Pitt and West Virginia have prioritized this because who knows where conference realignment is going to take everything. But if you can keep these two schools playing and West Virginia playing Virginia Tech and maybe Penn State getting off their high horse every now and again, I think, I mean, that's the essence. Yeah, it's true. That's the essence though of, of college football. I mean, I was at the, I was at the basketball game. West Virginia went to the final four my freshman year, but that was when Jamie Dixon's assistant got hit with a a coin. Um, So I was there for that one. I was, I was at, I'm not getting emotional. I was at 13, nine, not as a student, but before. Now we're going to get emotional. Yeah. Um, Good thing all of you are cut off from the waist down. I, I think, <laughs> I mean, it's it's just a different, it's a different animal. Uh, I know how West Virginia fans feel about Pitt. And, hey, I don't like Pitt, but my wife went to Pitt. My dad's dad played football at Pitt. My dad my mom both went to Pitt. A lot of family, a lot of friends who went to Pitt. So, while I hate Pitt, I mean, we're, we're the same. We're just wearing different colors, but it is it, there is a deep hatred at, at midnight. Every if you go to a bar in Morgantown at midnight or any of the self-respecting bars in Morgantown at midnight, we'll play country roads. And then right after country roads, there's generally a nice rendition of I don't know what I'm allowed to say or swear or anything. Yeah, you, you, you can swear. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's always right after country roads at midnight. There's the eat shit pit chance that break out. And that was happening even. I mean, I went back to went back to a bar probably four years ago at that time. And we hadn't played pit in six years. And same thing. I mean, and, and that, that holds true. So there's a hatred there. Um, there's a commonality. I think, I think more than Pitt fans would ever admit, there are some similarities between the hardworking nature of the two fan bases. And I think that lends itself to really one of college football's great rivalries. And I hope that they keep playing it. And I'm rambling. I'm not, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Shut up. Okay. Well, what I, what I appreciate <laughs> about the West Virginia fans And this rivalry is when we were playing Penn State those four years, Penn State swore up and down that we weren't rivals, that we weren't good enough to be their (laughs) rivals. And they're they're on their high horse. They weren't even mad when we beat them. 
Yeah. We're even yeah, mad. Right. It's just another game for them. I, I respect Akron. the hell out of the West Virginia fans basically keeping up the eat shit pit stuff for the last 10 years, even though we haven't played each other. Yeah. I mean, there's a big, there's passion. West Virginia's got a very uh, passionate fan base and they live and die with the team. And there's 1.8 million people who live in West Virginia. It's, you know, state gets beat up quite a bit. Some of that they bring on themselves, but it's the pro team in West Virginia. And I think you'd be hard pressed to find a college football fan base that cares as much as West Virginia that has been rewarded as little. And I think that speaks to the loyalty that people have for the program. And then obviously that's going to then dovetail into some hatred for Pitt and Virginia tech. And I know West Virginia starts up next year playing Penn state. I'm sure that'll be fun. Yeah, that that's kind of, you know, when we, when we flip the channel onto that one, that's going to be uh, caught between a rock and a hard place. Root for the meteor going towards the stadium. That's right. <laughs> Waiting for the uh, slow progression towards the end of humanity on that one. Um, so obviously with all the years that have passed since we have played each other, a um, lot of pent up anger and aggression. What are your expectations for what the North shore is going to look like on Thursday night? Man, I hope it's okay. I, I do, but you never know. I think we're going to read about fights the next day. Hopefully none of us wind up in any, I'm not a fight guy. I'm a, I'm a friendly guy. I like to you know, poke the bear a little every now and then, but is the I bear think, named Dorn Dickerson? Oh yeah. But here, and here's the thing about Dorn and God love Dorn. He's a great man. He's more likely to hug me than he is to hit me. It's just, he's, he's not really going to do anything. And I, my concern, my legitimate concern is like, I have to pee so much when I go to sporting events, cause I drink my face off and I have the world's tiniest bladder I'm worried about traveling alone to the bathroom and who might say something to me. And I just hope I don't say something stupid and bang, you get hit. I do think there's going to be some problems. I don't think there's going to be a lot of problems. I think they're going to be outliers. I think most people are just going to treat each other with respect, but I do think, I mean, it's going to be wild. You got rib fest down there too, at the same time, which it's going to be sweaty. I know that. <laughs> Hopefully that adds like a nice little layer of like lethargy, like <laughs> get yes. everyone filled up on barbecue and grease and maybe they won't swing on each other as much. But uh, I, I did bring up Doran for a reason uh, on, on Friday's show. You guys had a little exchange that had him stand up and leave the studio. What, what happened there? Well, everyone was piling on about 13, nine as people do. And I got tired of it. So I said, Doran, what happened two years after that? And Doran, always quick to remind you that he was an All-American in 2009, said, two years later, I was an All-American. I said, not in the brawl you weren't, because let's face it, Doran was terrible in that game. Great season. Awful. Didn't show up. Didn't show up. Noel Devine goes 88 yards or whatever it was. West Virginia wins on a walk-off field goal. And they didn't lose. West Virginia didn't while I was in school to Pitt in football, which was great. And uh, I'm probably going to feel that tenfold on Thursday when Pitt ultimately curb stomps us. <laughs> so, so, but he, he did get up and, and walk out of the studio, correct? 
Yes, he was. He fl- he flashed anger flashed on his face momentarily, and then he came in and just sort of messed with me a little bit. But darn it, we got a good thing going. Good, good it, to it hear. Mike, we do have a bet though. Did you guys hear about the bet that we have? No, let's hear it. If West Virginia wins, then Doran has to wear the Mountaineer mascot uniform with oh, no. the with the Mountaineer hat. And if Pitt wins, which is more likely, obviously, then I have to wear the uh, or a Pitt cheerleader uniform with full makeup on Friday. So that'll be fun. On Friday, who's going to do your make? Are you going to be waltzing in a cheerleader costume hungover as all hell? I got to walk the tightrope, man, on, on Thursday. I'm a little bit I'm worried. About You're the I'm early on. morning show. Yeah, man. I wake up at three every day. And so oh, my, my plan is I'm thinking maybe get to the studio around 11 o'clock Thursday night after the brawl. That might be optimistic, but hopefully around that time and just sleep on the couch in the studio and then wake up at like 3.30. Uh, but I can't be, I can't be too hammered. So I don't know. I'm worried. I don't know what I'm going to do, guys. I really don't. I because I want. I'm going to get down there at like 11 a.m. on Thursday, and that just seems like a bad decision. Yeah, all uh-huh. the, the numbers you just gave do not add up. Yeah, to, this to is, you feeling yeah. any 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 bit of a any semblance of feeling good on Friday. Morning. It's going to be bad. Yeah, I took off Thursday, Friday, off the weekend, and also off Monday. I'm still a little bit worried about. Jesus, season, so. see, that's a heady play. Yeah, we've we've been on this for months. Like, I, I think I put this PTO in in like Feb February. Whenever it was moved to Thursday, like right to the computer. I'll yes. plug that in. Yeah, I would have done the same. But the first day I ever worked at the fan, I had to call off because I was shitting my brains out. So I'm trying to be careful with the days and how many days I request off. Now you don't want to be that guy. You guys can be that. I want to be that. I just can't. Can't do it. Can't do it Friday. Plus, I need to be be able to wear my cheerleader outfit. Yeah, why did you accept? Like, that is a significantly worse bargain for you than it is for Doran. Like, by a, a factor of hundreds. Yeah, I think that's fair. I just don't. I can't. I'm impossible to embarrass. It is what it is. They'll have good fun with it. It'll make the rounds on social media. And I'm just, I'm resigned to the fate at this point. I bet, I'll guarantee this. At like three o'clock on Thursday, between three and four, I will believe West Virginia is going to beat Pitt. But I haven't since the since since this has since the summertime. I have thought every single day when I wake up, oh, another day until West Virginia loses to Pitt. There will be one hour out of my entire summer that I believe West Virginia is going to win this game. It's from three until four. And in that time, I'm going to say, I'm not wearing that cheerleader outfit. And then the closer we get to the game, the more realization is going to set in. And I'm going to have to wear the cheerleader outfit. Is the outfit ordered? In, so in my, my wife's cousin is a pit cheerleader so she's gonna hook me up not with one of hers that would be pretty creepy but uh with somebody else's which still <laughs> might be creepy but less less so burn after use yeah yeah i'm just impressed none of you said well you'd love it if it was your cousin's west virginia fan so <sighs> kudos to all of you for uh avoiding the easy incest joke yeah i i don't not support that line of humor but it 
I think I think we can we can go a little bit we can scratch the surface a little bit you know it's been we've we been anticipating be this creative. game for months yeah we can be more yeah. creative than than you know cousin marriage or um what's what's the big one West Virginia has been getting at actually that one's just yelling eat shit pit in our mentions that's yeah I don't even I'm not a big I mean I'll hit Doran with something every now and again I'm not a big trash talk guy because I never believe enough in my team to want to have to deal with the repercussions there and after. So you just sort of, you wait. I will say if West Virginia finds a way to pull off the upset, I will be unbearable on Friday, but uh, I don't, I don't usually talk too much junk on the front end. Yeah. We're usually pretty good with that, uh, but we won't be in too deep right now. I think we had a few moments where we let uh, the tiger out of the cage and the mentions and replying to the West Virginia trolls telling us they were going to blow us out or that, JT Daniels is even on the Heisman and uh, Friday might be uh, go off the grid and avoid everything day. Yeah. I, I mean, my, my biggest concern apart from safety at Acrisure stadium is the act, the act. Sorry. Uh, be, pre- be prepared to go. Oh, and one at the act. I I'm concerned about social media. Like I don't want to get fired from my job at the, uh, at Pitt's flagship station because I tweet something drunk and angry during the game. So the phone's going to go off the phone. See you later. Turn that bad boy off during the game and in the immediate aftermath. And then should West Virginia pull off the upset, then I'll just be a dick later on. That's a fair progression of, you know, of action. Um, So obviously this is going to be really intense and we're all, uh, super pumped for it. You don't seem super high on, you know, the Mountaineers chances. Um, apparently you like it within that six and a half mark. Do you have a specific score prediction? And I've really gone back and forth. Uh, I'm, I'm optimistic that West Virginia hits enough big plays where they can get into the twenties in points. Uh, I don't know that that's going to be enough. I think Pitt's willingness to want to run the ball might actually serve West Virginia well in this game. I think the the fewer possessions, the better. Uh, West Virginia had an unbelievably good game plan against Oklahoma last year. They just didn't have the quarterback to be able to walk out of Norman with the victory. I could see something lower scoring, but in the 20s. Um, I, I, think, I think Pitt's going to win something like and maybe upper 20s, 30 to 24 or something like that, just right on that line. I think it also helps West Virginia that it's the first game of the year, and mm-hmm. I think that would probably better serve the lesser talented of the teams just because you don't you don't know. You don't know, um, and you're not going to be – Pitt's not going to be playing their best football week one, I wouldn't expect. Neither is West Virginia, but I think that would favor the lesser of the teams. I don't know. Didn't you see a steamroll Massachusetts last year? Looks looked pretty ready week one. You know, we talked to Pat Narduzzi about that on Friday, and he said it's tough to play a power five opponent week one because you're not going to be where you want to be. But he did say that the offseason is a lot better when you do. So he really liked what Pitt was able to get done work-wise this offseason because there is that dangling carrot of 
not just a power five game, but a rivalry game week one. Gotcha. Gotcha. So yeah, challenge, challenge for both teams should um, impact the uh, speed of the game to some extent. Uh, So 30 to 24 must say we did not uh, put this call together thinking that would be the the scoreline, but we, we appreciate your honesty. Yeah. Or is this just, I'm trying to undersell how I really feel. And that way, if West Virginia loses, ah, whatever, I knew they'd lose, but if they win, aha, ha. No, I, I think they're going to lose West Virginia. We call that a verbal mush. That I, is exactly like, what that is. I yes. like where your head's at. Yeah. Um, well, so last question we got for you. Um, how pissed are you about Pickett one being a Steeler and two balling out in the preseason? Well, I want to see the Steelers win. See, here's the, here's the thing. Pitt fans do this all the time. I guess I'm doing the thing where I general lump everyone in, right? The general Pitt fan. A lot of NFL guys who have had a ton of success, a lot of Hall of Famers. Um, but by that measure, also probably then a lot of underachieving on the collegiate field for a long time. Not last year, obviously. But I don't, I don't care. Like when guys go to the NFL, like Pickett's not a pick guy to me anymore. He's a stealer. Uh, Geno Smith, people were hitting me up. Oh, Geno Smith won the job for Seattle. I don't give a shit. What do I care? If Geno Smith throws 15 interceptions in the first game, it doesn't affect me at all. What did he do on Saturdays? That's all I care about. So there is, I guess, one. There was one in the back of my mind when he got drafted. One little thing I did think. If he's great, great. If he's bad, though, because this town is such a Steelers town, he would probably be more remembered for being a bust in a first-round flameout than being the player who took Pitt to the promised land as an ACC champion if he did suck out loud. But I would rather him be good. Again, I'm just I'm I am rambling today, guys. I don't know what it is, but I'm rambling. No, you so did hit that on the head there. As Pitt fans, we yeah. feel nervous for Kenny because if Kenny fails, we fail. So yeah. we're we're all in this together. Kenny. He, I, I will say. Super friggin' likable guy. And I thought, I didn't think his, he's athletic, there's no doubt, but I didn't think his level of athleticism would translate to the NFL. And one of the knocks on him was that he was going to hold on to the ball to try to make a bunch of plays because that's how he had so much success in college. These first two preseason games, man, he, he gets rid of the ball quick. He's got a mastery and understanding of the offense. You could, he's just a gamer. I think he's going to be really good. I don't think he should start day one because that offensive line is an absolute train wreck, but I, I think he's going to be good. I don't know how you can watch those first two games and think anything other than that, or to be impressed. We, we agree, which I don't think we are expecting. We've done it. You're, you're being a lot more reasonable than we expected and kind of a little bit more reasonable than we had hoped, but it has honestly been a pleasure. We're hoping to, we're hoping to interact with you once you're about 10 beers deep. On the yeah. Yeah. Shore. You come that, that you might come be a little more fun. Where are we, where are we going boys? Gold lot. We're going to see the cold beer flag. Are you, are you, <laughs> are you tailgating with Donnie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well then I will see. I told Donnie we'll stop by. And so I got like four West Virginia tailgates and like five pit tailgates and make it six pit tailgates to hit. That's why I got to get down there so early. So I'm looking forward to seeing you guys and cracking a beer. And Hey, we got one thing in common. We all love goddamn college football. So let's get after it. It's here boys. Let's do it. Uh, Adam, it has been a pleasure. Uh, We will see you on Thursday night. 
Thank you for joining us and best of luck Friday morning. Oh, no. Thanks a million, guys. Really enjoyed this. Thank you. 13-9. God damn it. <laughs> this episode of The Loyal Sun Show is brought to you by Rendine Consulting. If you've listened to us for any amount of time, you know all about Rendine Consulting's commitment to the Pitt Athletics program and brand and how much they've meant to the Loyal Suns. That's Rendine Consulting, providing investment managers assistance with technology integration. Visit www.rendineconsulting.com for more information. That's www.rendineconsulting.com. So now, the moment you've all been waiting for. The Loyal Suns are going to give their predictions for the Backyard Brawl. Pitt versus West Virginia. But first, introducing the Loyal Suns Sportsbook. A couple prop bets we put together that we're going to put some friendly wagers on amongst each other. Maybe throw some Loyal Suns points on it. And we, wow. Depending on how well this goes, we might do it in the future or we might just axe it. So, we're going to get right into it. We've got a few over and unders. First touchdown score, that type of deal. So, very first, Squid, David, Izzy Abanacanda, over, over or under 100 yards rushing? I'm sucker punching the over. Rushing. Over, under, rushing. I'm going to go under just because I think he'll get like 80, and then Hamlet will have like 40, and everyone else will have like 2010. I want Izzy to have over 100 yards so bad. I feel like something similar to that might happen. I'm going to go over. I think he's going to finish somewhere around 102, 105 yards. All it takes is one big play, and I think that could very well just happen. Yeah, he can just simply do the thing where he takes a handoff up the middle, stops dead in his tracks, and beats everybody on the field around the corner because he can. Great. Number two, Keaton Slovis, over or under two and a half passing touchdowns. I know this whole offseason we talked about how we're probably going to run the ball a bit more. I think we're going to get two passing touchdowns from Keaton Slovis, and we'll get two or maybe three rushing touchdowns as well. I agree completely. I'm also taking the under by a uh, metric of a half a touchdown. Both are looking at two passing touchdowns. Just to zig where you guys zag, I'm going to go over. I think we I can think get a third. That two and a half line is going to be really yeah. uh, controversial in our replies. I think it'll be a lot of people seeing both sides. It's, good it's a great line creation there, Dylan. Yeah. That's what we do here at the Loyal Sun Sportsbook. Just, just to clarify, these aren't from any sports book, right? Like we just kind of made these up. I made these up. Okay, yeah. cool. Things you can do when you have your own sports book. Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay, Pitt. Over under 29.5 points. Now, where I got this number from today, as of today, DraftKings and Bovada both were looking at a over under of about 51, and they had pit up, favored by 7. So, do the math on that. Projected score around 29 22. So, I figured 29.5 will pit score 30 points in this game. I say yes. I also say yes. I also think yes. I think. I will be very disappointed if Pitt doesn't hurt the, hit the 30-point mark on Thursday. 
I'll add on, a lot of people replied to our contest. We're giving away a signed Israel Abanaconda, Nick Patty, and Bengali Kamara signed helmet. Uh, go on our Twitter, retweet it, like it, and comment your score prediction below. A lot of people have done it so far, and a lot of people have been predicting like high 30s, even into the 40s. Yeah. So I think as a fan base, it'll be a lot of overs, but those on the outside might think, yeah, probably around that'll be what it ends up. Yeah, go retweet it. Go like it. Go follow us. You're on your phone right now. You are. I can see you. You are staring at it. Go do it. Over or under three and a half sacks for the pit defense. I'm going over. I think this is over by a good bit. I might take an alternate line if that's possible. What, what do you want the alternate at? Give me over four and a half. I think we'll make it five. Okay, you can have that in this hypothetical sports book. Sure. I think we're going to have exactly four. So over. If you or do the math. Four. I think I think we're going to go under here. I don't think that we're not going to get the JT Daniels. I don't think that this means that Pitt doesn't have a ton of pressure on him all night. I think this creates some turnovers. I think this really rattles and disrupts their offense. I'm really just going under. So if I'm right, the, probably game plan I gain the point on you guys. Quick passes. Yeah. Um, they've, I would hope that they have watched some film on the pit defensive line and don't, they don't want a, a reenactment of Sam Hartman last December in Charlotte. Just getting absolutely massacred. But he'll, he will be hit more than three and a half times. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. Most certainly. I don't know though. If you, if you ask, um, if you ask Mountaineer fans, they have the reincarnation of the Washington Hogs on the front line, <laughs> so it's just going to be a clean pocket. Yeah, there was one Nothing guy who was a freshman about. All-American, so now they're... Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had a freshman yeah. All-American last year, a guy who was a freshman All-American like four years ago. Um, don't think that matters. Matt Gonsalves was a like freshman All-American. Second or third Big 12 last year, all Big 12. Spare me. I'm sure that'll help. Yeah. I'm sure that'll help with when John Morgan and Haba and Collage are just pinning their ears two, back on third and ten. Two first rounders and then two guys who have been doing this successfully for multiple years and then Dayon Hayes. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. I kinda wanna switch to over, but I already made the pick. It's already locked in. Locked. Over under JT Daniels one and a half turnovers. Under. I'm going to go over. Based on my last pick, That's I think he's going to escape a sack or two by, I think he's gonna be th- by throwing one away, but it's actually right into the hands of Eric Hallett. I'm going to go with over because I think he'll be throwing a lot because they're going to be losing. So a lot of opportunities for interceptions. My, my logic with the under is um, I don't know much about his – Propensity for turnovers, and if he had one, I would know about it. Um, so I, I, I would. It's more. Uh, we had so many. We forced so many turnovers last year, and turnovers are a statistic that typically regress to a mean 
Um, so I think that we'll be forcing a few less turnovers than we did last year. Still, I think, a more stout and effective defense than we had last year. Better against the run. Uh, better against the home run ball. Drink. New drinking um, game. I'm out. Um, but I, I do think that we will see a few less turnovers. So I'm just going to, based off of that alone, I'm going to go under one and a half. Last thing, a little bit. Exactly. You go first. You have some stats. For what it's worth, JT Daniels threw 10 picks as a freshman at USC. 14 touchdowns, 10 picks. Not a great touchdown-to-interception ratio. Not an absurdly high amount. In his career, he's thrown 16 interceptions versus 32 touchdowns. So 2-to-1 ratio. Not great. Yeah, but in college, that's not like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, he's throwing the ball, you know? Yeah, it's not eye-opening. Less analytical approach to the under, maybe... Pit sacks him a lot and he gets hurt and leaves the game. That happened like eight or nine times last year. <laughs> Very possible. Yeah, that's one way to look at it. For what it's worth, Keaton Slow is 58 touchdowns versus 24 interceptions. Much better ratio than JT Daniels. Hmm. Hmm. But I digress. All right. This this one's going to be worth two points. So I think I figured the way we'll score this amongst each other. Two loyal Suns points? Right. Each, wow. each of the other ones, if you get it right, that's one point. This is going to be worth two. The first touchdown score. I didn't break down particular odds. You're not getting plus 200, plus 10,000 on anyone. Who who do you pick as your first touchdown can score? We, can we pick the same one? You can or... pick the same one. Okay. Oh, we're looking at me. I'm going first. Yeah. I feel like a running back is the way to go here. That's a safe pick. But there's so many running backs... It, Maybe Daniel Carter's the goal linebacker. Maybe Izzy will be just the bell cow this year. Maybe Seba Fleming's really or <laughs> Maybe they, they run uh, the wild pat with Nick Pat. Who knows? There's a lot of rushing options. So I'm going to go with a more wild card pick here and Gavin Bartholomew. No. I think we'll get down inside. I was also thinking that. I, also thinking that. <laughs> I think we're going to get inside like the, the 5 and 10, and then we'll do some play action, and they'll bite and dump it to Bart, and he'll have him running out of H-back. Yeah, a little... Yeah. We'll slip past. Well, now I have to pick another one. We we can't. No. We simply can't all get on Bart. That would be pretty funny if we all pick. <laughs> that being said, if I could find that line in a book that would give me that line, it would be a fun fun little Hammer. bet for all of us to just hop on Bart first touchdown. Yeah. Uh, then I'll go Izzy. Yeah. That's probably – if if this was in, a, in an official sports book, I think he would probably have the, the cleanest odds. Yeah. Amongst the pit players. No, is this yeah. first pit touchdown score or first touchdown score in general? We're gonna do pit. Are you gonna act like that would change your answer? I mean, just playing all the scenarios through my head, I could see West Virginia scoring first and then not very often the rest of the game. If you want to take a West Virginia player, be my guest. But no. Okay. I'm gonna. You guys. You went tight end. You went running back. Receiver with the best odds probably Kanade Mumfield, but I'm going to go with our boy Jared Wayne, nice. Soldier Wayne. Mm-hmm. I, it would just be so perfect to see him score the first first six on on Thursday. I want I want Slovis to rocket one in there, and I want Jared Wayne and his robot hands to catch it so hard and squeeze it and never, so intensely it pops and never bring the ball anywhere near his body. Absolutely not. That would not be that would not be our our boy. Okay, and then last but not least, we will give specific score predictions, but we'll pick cover the six and a half. That's what most books have it at as of today. Pit minus six and a half. 
I say yes, they cover. Do we want to give my score prediction right now? We want to go. Go for it. Okay, yeah. I'm saying Pitt wins thirty-four to twenty. We hit that over. Uh, for a second, I thought you said thirty to twenty-four, and I was like, "Squid, you can't do math. That's not covered." But okay, <laughs> yeah, 34, 20. 34 to twenty. I think it has sort of Wake Forest vibes. Like both teams come out hot, but Pitt settles in. They figure out what West Virginia is doing with their quick passes. Maybe they try to sneak in some RPOs, try to be fancy. But oh yeah, we figure it out. Randy Bates and Charlie Partridge will get the boys in line. We'll clean it up and pull away because we are the superior team. Um, I'm pretty pissed that we let Squid go first on all these because first he takes my Gavin Bartholomew pick, and then I was going to say 34-21. You can. You still can. All right, I guess, I guess I'll do that. Um... 34-21, I I think some West Virginia scoring will be on the back half of the game. Uh, What I think is going to happen is they are going to try to uh, death by a thousand paper cuts pit. You know, they're going to watch that game. We don't talk about drink um, from last year, and they're going to try to hit a bunch of really quick slants uh, and then very quickly find out that Bengali Kamara is not one of the linebackers last year that though solid struggled against slot receivers. Uh, and I think it's going to get shut down pretty quick. Um, I think Pitt's going to take a second to get the ball rolling as, you know, if we're following the model of they want to ground and pound clock control, you know, that usually takes a little bit, you know, we'll be looking at the early third quarter before they start pulling away. Uh, and then I think West Virginia will get a cheap one or two towards the end. Uh, this game will have us nervous and biting our nails. Um, but come on, man. It's Pitt. That can mean a lot of things, though. I think Pitt covers. I've been going back and forth. I don't want to bet the six and a half because I'd, I'd be pretty bummed if they got back to recover win by three and i have any reason to be upset about a pit victory in the backyard brawl it, it couldn't bring my mood down but no. i'm gonna go and i completely changed my prediction while you guys were talking just because i wanted to be a little different here i'm gonna go 41 27 i think so all along what i've kind of felt was when this first started when i first saw the line came out at around six, seven, I thought that was way too low. And I started to talk myself into Pitt, Pitt can really blow this team out. They don't have any guys coming back. There are a whole lot of transfers. A lot of guys transferred out. And I've kind of come to the conclusion that Pitt is a lot better than West Virginia fans think Pitt is. And West Virginia is probably a good bit better than Pitt fans think they are. Yeah. We, we are selling, overselling how bad that we think they are. I think Jarrett Dagey was one of the worst quarterbacks in the FBS last year. Yeah. Couldn't even win the job at Western Kentucky when he transferred. That really hampers. Well, the Hilltoppers kind of nice. Fair. They, they definitely aren't, but they were last year. They had, when they, they had Zappi. Last year when they had Zappi. Yeah. So it's hard for me to sit here and think that this is going to be a close game because I will be a nervous wreck, but I think 
it's going to be close enough for long enough for the lair to go nuts. Uh, and thank God we won't have enough reception in that stadium to open up the lair. Right. And trust me, I want nothing more than an absolute beatdown. I would love for us to go in there and just beat the Hoopies by 40 points. But oh first, first game of the season, it's there's going to be some kinks. We're going to give up some of those home run plays. Drink. But I also think that this pit offense is legit, and I think they're going to put themselves on the on the national map on Thursday night. I think they're going to put up a ton of points, but I think West Virginia is going to be able to put up some points too. Ultimately, obviously, I don't have the game all that close. A two-score game, 41-27. I think some variation of 10 to 14 points, a two-score game, is probably what Pitt ends up. That's That's how I honestly feel at this point. But... I wouldn't be surprised if this turns into an ugly 20 to 10 game yeah. or some type of slugfest. I mean, this this rivalry doesn't lend itself to blowouts. Right. And okay, the rivalry thing, can I just say what I've been thinking for You have a podcast for this exactly. Right. Reason. I have this mic. What does the rivalry what do you think the rivalry actually means for this particular matchup? These guys have never played each other. More than likely, most of these 22 year old kids have never watched a backyard brawl are you saying it'll be oh not a lot different than the tennessee game the following week it's just like a big crowd yeah it's along just a, the line it's a huge game game days there whereas when you're playing a team every year i think that does come into effect there there's gonna be some personal fouls there's gonna be some chippiness there's gonna be some some familiarity you've played each other the last couple of years what does the rivalry i don't know what it really means this year in terms of Anything can ha- I think anything can happen because it's the first game of the college football season and it's college football and both teams have new quarterbacks and both teams have new offensive coordinators. I think that's everyone's going to say it's a rivalry game. Anything can happen. It's it's a college football game. Anything can happen. You can say this for perhaps any college football game, but maybe more so rivalries. The worst team are they think they're a little bit better. They have a better chance of winning. The better team might be a little bit more tight because there's a lot of pressure on them to win. And that makes it a closer game. mm -hmm. You have that aspect. But on the other hand, you take the whole – your brain out of it. The ESPN FPI predictor has Pitt – With a, what, 76%? 78% chance of winning, which is higher than Virginia Tech has a chance of beating Old Dominion. So that puts me at rest a little bit. It's like, well, the numbers, they don't take into account – our brains, the rivalry, the emotion—it just straight up says. Pit. I mean, that's also that's also an away game for Virginia Tech against the fighting Taylor Heineke's. So yeah. you never know. Don't sleep on Old Dominion, but that maybe squint a little bit. It's like really okay. Yeah. No, Dylan, I, I think you make a great point, um, but I also think that that would imply that the players are almost impervious to some of the outside noise, and I think they realize like, wow. This game really matters to everyone in this building and everyone in this city. That's fair. And the buildup has been huge. I mean, we've we've talked to a lot of players about this, both on the pod and off. And the answer when we ask them how much they know about this rivalry, somewhat disappointingly, has been like, honestly, didn't watch it a ton growing yeah. up. I was really young the last time they played X, Y, and Z. I'm but from Florida or Texas. But they always followed up with like, but man, the coaches are like beating this into us yeah i mean they had lashawn mccoy to kick off lunch and tell him stories like bostic's always around bill so, saw at the golf outing 
made a comment about how they were told to keep their helmets on when they played in Morgantown because Hoopies would bring batteries in. Or there was rumors or stories that they would throw batteries at the people. I mean, they'd throw things at the buses, beer and, bottles. Yeah, and then as Crowley pointed out, there was that one basketball game where a, a pit assistant got hit by a couple pennies, and yeah. Bob Huggins had to hop on the mic and tell you know the fans in the student section to cut it out, to which he received uproarious applause, and then it happened again. Yeah. I, I will say... I, I agree with that. I think the players. I think the players will realize how big this game is when they walk into Heinz Field and see that they're playing in front of a standing room only crowd for the first time in their careers. Because the only other time any of these guys who would be on the roster, some of them would have been around for that terrible, terrible game against uh, that team from State College a few years back. But outside of that, they will have never played in front of a crowd like this. They would have, will have never played in front of College Game Day. And there has never been this type of hype heading into the season for, for this Pitt program. So I think there's going to be a lot of pressure around Pitt. I, that's kind of what worries me. I think West Virginia, there's a, lot less, there's a lot less expectation for them in this game than there is for Pitt. But mm-hmm. that's what you want. Success breeds expectation, and you'd rather have a whole lot of expectations than none. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good God, am I jacked up for this game. Yep. May I be the first one to say it? That's my heart beating through my chest right now. It's real. It's real. Please win. Please beat West Virginia. Please. I can't beg enough. I can't walk out of Heinz Field. I, I can't walk out of Hinesfield loser. I can't. Not week one. Not ever. I can walk out of Hinesfield a, a loser. The only difference is I'm walking directly into the Ohio River. I can't begin to know. Please win. Please. Please. But then Please I blow them out. Please. Just win. <laughs>